What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Back at home, lots to get to. ACC expansion talks plus SMU fall camp rolls on. The first scrimmage is in the books. But first, before we get going, I've got to talk to you guys about our friends at BigGameUSA.com. Get the official game ball of the SMU Mustangs delivered right to your front doorstep using promo code BE, that's the letter B, the letter E, the letter O, the letter N, and the number three for 10% off your order, your entire order, 10% off, plus free shipping to get the official game ball of the SMU Mustangs. They also have a bunch of other college football teams, official game balls on the website, biggameusa.com. They're right here in Addison, all handmade. Preston Stone designed this one right here, and... I just heard they got a fresh shipment in for fall camp, of course, with additional balls with some different stitching. So interesting stuff there is Preston Stone, Kevin Jennings kind of talking about what they want for the 2023 season on their official game ball, which is made by BigGameUSA.com. So use promo code BE on three for 10% off your entire order and free shipping. Don't wait. Get it in time to throw it around the boulevard September 2nd. ACC expansion talks are kind of in a holding pattern right now. And as we're recording this on Monday, Florida State is not expected to announce that they are leaving the league in time to join another league for the 2024 season, which means things, at least from Florida State's side, and most likely Clemson's side are being kicked down the road at least another season when it comes to leaving the ACC, which if you haven't been paying attention or kind of want to reset on where things stand, right now from what I've reported on on theponyexpress.com, there's a lot more details on the site in our in-depth kind of piece from Saturday morning. But the basics are this. Florida State, Clemson, looking for their way out of the ACC because they want more money. This is all driven by more money. North Carolina and NC State also right now in kind of that, not necessarily against expansion, but maybe want to use it for leverage to get more money. All four of those schools viewed as being in the same kind of stance. They want more money. They're seeing what's happening in the Big Ten. They're seeing what's happening in the SEC. And they see the stability around the Big 12 now that has been brought on by adding all those teams from the Pac-12. Now, those programs are at least locked in now through the 2024 season, unless they do call meetings at their schools and inform the league by tomorrow that they are going to leave the league. So they would have to pay an exorbitant amount of money to get out. The grant of rights, which is viewed as ironclad, runs through 2036. There aren't many options for these programs to leave the ACC. One option to get more money is to expand because they can bring in other programs that would then require 
an ESPN to pay more money to them if the schools agree to a reduced share uh, or in SMU's case, they're giving up their entire share of TV revenue, which is roughly $40 million a year. And that's where this thing kind of stands in this balancing act of expansion being dead in the water and expansion being something that can happen if these schools get what they want, which is more money, maybe bigger shares, things like that. So if you look at what SMU is trying to do from their angle, this is an SMU podcast, they're trying to say, okay, we're going to give up our entire share for five years. We're going to have a reduced share from about, about years five to seven. And that, call it three to $4 million, $3 million or so in base TV revenue is going to go to these schools. And that along with maybe money that comes in from the ACC network on uh, carrier fees, carriage fees, uh, along with college football playoff, along with uh, NCAA tournament revenue, things like that, those are going to go to the schools that, that are currently in the ACC. And SMU saying we don't need the money. Basically, they're kind of trying to buy their way in in a sense. Now, again, like we've reported, SMU has been in contact with the ACC for a long, long time. What this would give the ACC is access to Texas, lots of TV sets that would then have to get the ACC network for an in-state level of fee, which is important to note. Um, and that would give them access, a little bit more access to Texas. Obviously, playing a game in Texas would be something that a lot of these ACC schools, you look at maybe a North Carolina, you look at a Clemson for sure, uh, that ne doesn't necessarily need help recruiting in Texas, but Florida State, Clemson, programs like that. Virginia's kind of come down to this area a little bit here and there. Um, and a lot of schools do. Just overall, in the state of Texas, there's so much talent. To say to a kid, hey, we're going to play probably once, twice during your time here. We're going to play in your home state. That's helpful. That's helpful to the recruiting pitch. That could be special for that prospect um, if they do decide to go elsewhere. SMU is hoping that they can be that 16th team in the ACC. Obviously, they'd be the 15th full-time member with Notre Dame being that partial member of the ACC. And from what we've gathered, expansion talks are not dead. And that's the thing that I think sometimes if you read the tea leaves, even on the reporting on this, because there, there has been some that have said, you know, things look kind of bleak right now. It doesn't look like Cal and Stanford are going to get in, which I fully back up. I think Cal and Stanford have major roadblocks because of how far it is to travel. They're not going to um, make it fruitful enough for these other ACC schools because they're not giving up enough money in one in one stance. And these schools have to spend so much money traveling out there. Cal and Stanford are roughly around 50 to 60% of their share given up. Is that worth the squeeze for the ACC to become this coast-to-coast -coast conference? And by coast-to-coast -coast conference, you would be, if they added Cal, Stanford, and SMU, you'd be an 18-team conference. Great, strength in numbers. But you'd also stretch really from, I guess, where, where do you draw the line on the ACC? Uh, Georgia and kind of up. And then you jump to Texas and then you jump all the way to uh, uh, California. That is something that, you know, 
that 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 makes it a little bit different than maybe like a Big Ten, which is kind of like all spread out. Obviously, they have their own geographical um, predicament with how they're going to have to really go about doing their scheduling because they are coast to coast. They're really going to have to pay attention to it. Um, but with the ACC, they are really, you know, Louisville is the most East team that is a full-time member of, or the most West uh, team that is a full-time member. And then you have Notre Dame that's pretty much on the, on the same, uh, you know, line of, as, as uh, Louisville in the country. So if you expand all the way out there, it is kind of a, a balancing act. But if you add SMU, you're going to bring in at the minimum $3 million to each school a year. You're getting into a fertile recruiting state. You're getting into a state that could produce you some really nice uh, revenue when it comes to the ACC network. And you'd get it at a higher uh, carriage fee, which is always good. There are, are a lot of positives for the ACC to allow SMU to come in for for free. You know, they're not, they're going to have to spend money. Boosters are going to have to float it um, and really run the athletic department from a revenue perspective because you're going to give up that amount of money to get your way into the ACC. It is something that is an interesting way to do it. SMU is all in. I've said this for a long time. They've invested in facilities. They've invested in the coaching staff. They've invested in NIL. And they're running things as well as they can to say, hey, we're committed. I mean, look at Cal. Look at the debt. Look at the mess that the, that athletic department is. And Stanford has kind of fallen off lately. They, they're very much a high, high academic. That's why Notre Dame really sees that, that as a opportunity to bring in another quality academic institution. There are a lot of those in the ACC. SMU is kind of that sweet spot in a, in a way. You don't have to go all the way out to California. You don't have to bring in uh, a school like Cal to match Stanford. This could be one of those things where crazier things have happened in realignment. I'm not saying SMU is going to get into the ACC. This thing is in a holding pattern. And once again, it's out of SMU's hands. The ACC is bickering among themselves as to how will the money work out? How can ESPN provide a little bit more money for some of these schools that are upset? What does that look like? Is there an unequal revenue sharing of maybe that money from SMU or of that money that is going to come in in the future? Can they tweak the media rights deal? The grant of rights, you can't do anything about. And no one is unless they can find a way to dissolve the league, which they're not there right now. And if they can't dissolve the grant of rights, one thing they could do is tweak the media rights deal. That would require backup from ESPN. And to tweak that media rights deal, I would have to imagine the goal of tweaking it would to make, be to make Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, NC State, some combo of those four schools happy enough to say, okay, we're going to take SMU's free money. We're going to take a little bit of an unequal revenue sharing, which by the way, if you're successful and you get into the college football playoff, you're going to reel in and rake in that money in a, in a, you're going to be the benefit of having a good season. That's kind of how the deal is with the college football playoff revenue. That's going to eventually come. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. 
it probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. That will add up, and then they'll be happy. And that's the hard part of this is, once again, SMU is at the mercy of others. Again, we saw how that worked out for the Pac-12 when they didn't expand, and their membership was divided, kind of. But they were waiting on George Klyovkov. This time, there is a media rights deal. There is a grant of rights. There is kind of a very tough path to blow this conference up. But there's still division inside the conference. And if there is, how do you fix that? Well, more money. And how do you put a Band-Aid on that? Well, maybe it's adding SMU. Maybe it's adding all three. Maybe it's finding a way to get unequal revenue sharing. That's something this league has to be open with, open to, because we've seen in the past when leagues have prioritized themselves and doing what's right for the comp- uh, instead of prioritizing what's right for the conference to stick together, we know where that path leads to. And it leads to losing schools. And in the Pac-12's case, it leads to completely falling apart. So the ACC can expand now. They can add SMU as a school that, one, you can get in right now. And ESPN would, if they agree to it, have to pay for. And then you add in that fresh money. But if you wait and Florida State or Clemson finds a way to get out of this conference over the next couple of years, ESPN is not going to shell out $40 million to pay for SMU for free to try to save a league because who's there to save in that league? You know, we've seen the SEC, Georgia, the Georgia president said that they think they're in a great spot with the number of teams they have. We'll see. We'll see. You can only take what people say at, you know, kind of face value. You can't really put much stock into it, but big 10, they seem like they're done for a bit. And we saw what it finally took for Oregon and Washington to even get in. Would they go to 20 for UNC, NC State, FSU, Clemson? I don't know. I don't know. SEC, if they're set, the Big 12, always going to listen. But I think, I forgot who it was from the Big 12 side. Maybe a president, maybe Brett Yormark, but maybe not. Said that they're done for now. They're good. Is that all negotiating? Is that all trying to keep it kind of behind the scenes? I don't know. But you've got a situation with the ACC that they are working their own interests right now over the overall conference's future. And that's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. So if SMU is going to get in, they're going to need a little bit of help whether it's from ESPN or whether it's flipping a North Carolina or flipping an NC State. Because the way Florida State and Clemson have handled this whole thing, just have a tough time seeing it. So if you're SMU, all you can do right now is hope for the best. But they've done a really nice job positioning themselves to be in this conversation a lot more seriously than people realize, in my opinion. We've seen kind of Cal and Stanford get 
kind of knocked down a peg a little bit in terms of their likelihood. We haven't seen somebody sweep the leg. We haven't seen too many people, a couple people, but not as many as Cal and Stanford have gotten. And the things on SMU's side are kind of quiet. But what I can say is expansion is not dead in the water, which means SMU's offer is still out there. And that means SMU has a chance to get into the ACC. So we'll see how it plays out. But that's kind of your roundup on where things stand with the ACC. Before I get into SMU fall camp, I got to tell you guys about our friends at Game Time. Go to GameTime.co or download the Game Time app. Use promo code PONY for $20 off your order. Your first order. Terms apply. Look, everybody knows how stressful it is, and I've talked about it last week on the podcast. Everybody knows how stressful it is to run down that list of um, concerts and games and all of the different things that you want to go see, but you say, you know what? I don't think the ticket prices are that great. I just don't see them being uh, the best that I can really find. Well, with game time, they will match really your ticket price if you find it elsewhere. So you've got to check them out, gametime.co or download the game time app. And look, I just scrolled on to gametime.co just because we're on uh, you know, the 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 uh you know uh stream right here instead of on my phone. But if you check out what they've got going here. And this is the Ra- the Rangers hosting the Angels Monday night, 705. You can get in for three bucks for the upper level. And look, you can see it. They've got flash deals. Boom, right here. $10. 234, row three. Another flash deal. These are your big time discounts that you can check out. 21 bucks to get into the outfield, section 130. And you see how it how easy it is to use on the browser? Well, trust me, when you get onto the Game Time app, it's even easier. Use promo code PONY for $20 off your first order uh, to get inside Game Time. Trust me, Game Time is the place for you when you're talking about the easiest way to secure tickets at the best price you can possibly find. And look, uh, when you find a ticket elsewhere or tickets, the game time guarantee even has you covered. You'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So don't worry. If you want to plan months in advance, you can, but you can also get deals on those tickets right up to the day of the event. And obviously, Two hours before first pitch, we're talking about the Angels at Rangers. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. So use code PONY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code PONY for $20 off your first order. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Appreciate you guys supporting Game Time. Happy to have them as the the official ticket sponsor 
of On3 and on theponyexpress.com this college football season and into college basketball. So check them out, gametime.co, or use the GameTime app. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When it comes to SMU fall camp, we're back at it. And on Saturday, the first scrimmage wrapped up and Rhett Lashley met with the media. And let me tell you, I think he was... He's happy with where things are heading, but he knows there's a lot of room to grow when it comes to the Mustangs this season. And we have really honed in on this. If you kind of talked about the team on the board, they're doing a lot of fundamental work to lead off practices. They're doing a lot of work to really kind of work on tackling, work on special teams technique, all of those things. They're spending 10, 15 minutes at the beginning of practice plus special teams, then getting into seven-on-seven and team and all of those things. Well, Saturday was the first scrimmage. It was also the former player cookout that was on campus. And SMU really showed what I think they can be defensively. And now, granted, I wasn't out there. Just getting back from Maine. But we had our newest contributor, Eddie Moran, out there. Uh, He's been doing a great job while he's been away a little bit. But if you were out there, a lot of people back this up. The defense really is showing out in fall camp. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The way they're able to control the line of scrimmage when it comes to the defensive line is something that has really been impressive. And um, we saw it in the spring. We saw just how good this defensive line could be. And that was before Corey Roberson and Cam Robertson came into the picture. You look at that starting unit of a Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts, Devere Levelston. Elijah Chapman plus Nelson Paul as an edge rusher. That's a pretty salty front overall that SMU has going there on the defensive line. And I think as you look at this defense and the way they're learning to fly to the ball a little bit better, again, there's been such an emphasis on special teams fundamentals and tackling fundamentals, which has really changed since the beginning of spring. We knew in the spring they were going to focus a little bit more on tackling fundamentals. We knew it was such a rough area of SMU football last season, and they knew they had to address it. So what they do, they went out and really started working on the fundamentals and tackling in the spring, and they've turned that into even a bigger emphasis in fall camp as they brought in their total 25 new transfers plus freshmen getting into the mix. This is now a team that can go through and really work on fundamentals and and focus on it because they have depth. When it comes to the scrimmage, we saw a lot of that depth shine defensively. The defensive line really controlled the line of scrimmage for the most part. They were able to, you know, really limit this offense. You know, four straight stops at the goal line. Um, That was really impressive by the defensive line. Um, Jonathan McGill, who's really come on strong, had an interception off Preston Stone. That was a pick six. And look, you know, this is a fall camp that I think we've really seen the defensive line take center stage. And, you know, Calvin Thibodeau talked about it with the media 
And it just allows the depth, allows them to rotate so many more guys. And when you can rotate so many more guys, that is just such a game changer when it comes to what you can do as a defensive line. We've seen SMU in the past really go through times where, okay, they'd put together a really nice, you know, run of plays. You know, then you get in later into the half or, or in certain situations and you look up and the defense has been out there a while. Well, you don't have a second group that you feel comfortable with rotating. And a lot of times in the past, that was at multiple positions. You know, don't get me wrong. This is not a defensive team that has had enough, enough depth through the years, whether it be if they got hit by the injury bug or, you know, tr you know, opt outs like last year at safety or just overall depth that you can trust. You know, the defensive line last year, you didn't have Stefan Wright. David Abiara didn't come on like they thought he might have uh, when he transferred in from Texas. And those were big issues for SMU. But now you look at this defense and it is talking season and it is fall camp and you're going against yourself, but it is just such a different really view watching this defense be able to rotate guys. You know, Charles Woods, has not been out there that much as of late because he's been a little nicked up. Well, who do you have that can step up? You have Jahari Rogers, who's played a bunch of football for SMU. You have Chris Meganson, who's played a lot at Liberty, and he's a veteran. He's coming in with great knowledge of this defense. Then you factor in Kavaris Hall's a veteran now. You have some nice young talent in A.J. Davis and Jalen Davis-Robinson and Keyshawn Mills that they're rotating in at corner. They're doing a lot of things where – you don't have to push these guys that hard in a sense because you are having a group that you see 100% of the effort out of when you're on the field because they have the depth and they have competition. And that is something we're seeing that the defense is really benefiting from. We've always seen SMU have a deep receiver core and when healthy, one of the best in the conference, no question about it. They've now added that at, at running back. Um, obviously, they did a lot of that in the spring. This isn't new, but we're seeing depth stack up at so many positions. And even as we look at the tight end spot, Nolan Matthews Harris stepped up and had his best day of fall camp on Monday. I think this is a team that when you go out and you watch scrimmages and you go out and you watch practices, they show their depth and they they really impress overall because of that. They're bigger up front on both sides of the ball. The only really questions are, you got linebacker. Can the tight ends put it together when the lights come on this fall? Um, the left guard uh, spot is a battle. Um, where do they kind of fit some of these depth holes? Is special teams all buttoned up? But overall, this is a team that has shown now that they at least have the potential to be a strong defensive team. That's not something we've been able to say in a long, long time now for SMU. You know, it's been since the 1980s that they were top 25, that they were a top 25 defense. Those are goals that, yes, pretty much every college football team talks about, but they really feel like with the guys they've added at all three levels of the defense, that they can put that together and really make that a reality, whether it's being opportunistic and intercepting passes. You know, Brian Massey, I think, think has had interceptions uh, in three straight practices. Um, I didn't see it, that that streak, I think, ended on Monday um, because he didn't have one, at least according to our notes. Uh, but 
he was making plays. Jonathan McGill has been around the ball a ton. Brandon Crosley had an interception earlier in fall camp. Ahmad Moses did too. This defense is opportunistic. And if they can be opportunistic and take advantage of those, they'll be able to really move up the charts just from a yardage allowed standpoint. Plus, we've got the defensive line that has some really impressive size and a little bit more depth and talent. You've got to just let the linebackers make plays. And whoever wins out at those spots next to Ahmad Walker, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it comes together. But this defense has really made a, a statement, I think, in fall camp. Um, we've seen guys go down here and there with injuries. Nothing crazy, really. Charles Woods has been held out, for the most part, out of precaution from what Rhett Lashley said. But you look at what they have behind him, they were able to rotate guys up, and you didn't see too much of a drop-off. Now, Charles Woods is expected to be one of SMU's best defensive players. But just in practice, and again, it's kind of mundane. You see it over and over again. You're watching a Kavaris Hall, an A.J. Davis, a Jahari Rogers. You're like, okay, good rep, good rep. You kind of see it. It's tough to see from our vantage point if there is actually any drop-off. Or if there is drop-off, maybe it's too too much according to our eyes. We might see a drop-off and say, wow, that's that's a big deal. Whereas the coaches might see it differently. There might be other things at work. And that's everywhere across the football field. But I think offensively, I think one thing I'm I'm feeling a little bit better about is the wide receiver position. I think from what we've heard, seen, all of that, whether it's me talking with sources, whether it's us, you know, getting practice video and doing the reports, you, you look at a guy like Jordan Curley, Jake Bailey, and and Roderick Daniels. I think right now those three are your your dudes. Those are the ones that you really look at and you say okay, I think you can really see them perform at a high level. And if that's the case, then you're looking at who can step up at that other receiver spot. I think Keyshawn Smith is really starting to emerge right now for the Mustangs at that position. He's been making enough plays. Romello Brinson, kind of similar to the spring, has started to pop up a little bit more and more. And then when you get to a guy like Teddy Knox, even, has had a great fall camp. You know, he was out there getting interviewed uh, because of just how good he's been, you know, coming back from being suspended in the spring, he's been able to really work himself in as a backup. He's still a backup, but he's worked himself in nicely to this offense and and has given the coaches some hope that he can produce this year. So I think at the other outside spot, away from Jordan Curley, you want to see Keyshawn Smith, you want to see Moochie Dixon, you want to see Jordan Hudson, who needs to kind of get healthy a little bit more. He's been nicked up. You have Romello Brinson, you have options. And I, I really feel like that spot at the wide receiver position is really key for this offense taking off to the next level. I think we see the talent that they have at some of the spots. We see the talent of an RJ Maryland. Nolan Matthews Harris has put it together lately. SMU needs that other receiver spot to be dangerous right off the bat. And look, Rob Lykins said, He's got eight guys he feel like, feels like he can trust, which says a lot. So I'm interested to see how that position really continues to emerge as fall camp continues to keep going. Um, there's going to be another scrimmage on Saturday. Obviously, they're back at practice this week. They're going to go special teams heavy on Thursday. Wherever you look, though, there's still some spots up for grabs. We're going to break those down add on the Pony Express for our subscribers, kind of give you guys the latest on some of the top position battles and where those things are trending. So be on the lookout for those. A final note here, special teams, uh, Kyle Cooper, 
really talked about, and Rhett Lashley did as well, how the coaching staff is really utilizing depth differently this year in special teams. Rhett Lashley said they're really going to utilize a lot of their best players on special teams. You're going to see starters on the ones or twos in special teams because if they can rotate guys, if they can give guys a breather on the offensive side or defensive side because maybe one of the best players or one of the better players is running down on kick coverage or blocking on kick return and things like that, well, they have depth offensively or defensively to give those guys a breather after they're sprinting down the field, blocking, things like that. It changes how good your units can be. And SMU knows that special teams was brutal last year. I think everybody knows how bad it was. I didn't really realize how bad it was until I looked up the kick return defense ranking 127th out of 130 college football teams last year. This is a time for SMU to double down. And as a kind of like a closing thought here on the podcast overall, this is a season where SMU should double down. And we know what winning big could mean for this program long-term. Even if things don't go their way in expansion, this is the season that SMU can put the exclamation point back out there, that they are back. They've spent on NIL. They've spent on facilities. They have a coaching staff that's back and pretty much intact from last year. Some tweaks. That's all. They brought in new talent. They've got to leave everything out there. That's why I'm totally okay with special teams seeing a lot of the better players. I think SMU special teams were really good under Frank Frank Gans back in the day. And one of the keys to that, the better players, granted it was a different time in terms of depth for SMU, but the better players were playing on teams. And I think that was critical. And now, Rat Lashley, his staff, seem to be bringing that back. So I think it's important to note that special teams, look, they were a train wreck last year. They returned Ryan Buchevsky. They returned Colin Rogers, long snappers, Will Benton, all that. They've got it back in place. They've got to get it covered, literally, on kick, kickoff coverage, punt, punt coverage. They've got to get the return units lined up. Good thing is they've got options on who can catch the balls. They need to figure that out. Special teams is going to see a lot of talent on it this year just because the, because the depth has improved, and that'll really help them, you would think, perform at a better clip and more effectively than they were last year. A lot of, lot of yard, lost yardage, a lot of screw-ups that led to some really kind of – didn't. I think Rhett Lashley said it best. They didn't cost them necessarily any games from at least what he said, and I would have to really go back and see if I felt like they cost them games. But they definitely didn't win them any games. They weren't able to get some of the yardage that they needed to because they let punts fall. Obviously, some of the kick return uh, issues just on both sides of that. They've got to get that right. And maybe it does mean playing some of your better players. I'm okay with it. SMU's got to go all in this season. Go all in with On the Pony Express, though. $10 a month gets you all the fall camp intel, gets you recruiting scoop gets you the latest buzz around realignment and conference expansion. So be sure to subscribe today on theponyexpress.com. Just $10 a month. Excited for this season. Things are about to get going. Um, we're going to have more news on our post-game shows, which we're going to start doing around campus. So be, sh- be sure to stay tuned for more information on that. And uh, you can start planning to come and see us as we do those. But we got a lot of coverage to come as fall camp rolls on for the Mustangs this week. So don't miss out. Pick up a subscription today. 
Appreciate all you guys for listening. We'll be back later this week with another edition of the podcast. Also, subscribe to our members-only channel. Lots of content to come on that. Um, Just $3 a month gets you four in-depth, roughly hour-long podcasts a month. We'll be back to our usual amount of time on that podcast now that we're back home and not on vacation. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. Please keep subscribing, keep liking our content. Thank you guys for the support. We'll catch you later this week with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.